Hilda Labrada Gore is the host and producer of the popular Wise Traditions podcast, over 10 million downloads to date on behalf of the Weston A. Price Foundation. A certified health coach and ancestral health advocate, she has traveled the world, Mongolia, Peru, Ecuador, Kenya, Australia, and more, exploring traditional practices for optimal well-being. Hilda shares the best of experts, experiences, and epic adventures on the podcast, her Holistic Hilda YouTube channel, and on ancestral health tours and conferences. Hilda is also a podcast coach and the author of Podcasting Made Simple. She especially enjoys helping people in the health and wellness space launch and improve their shows. Hilda has energy to spare thanks to her love for sunshine and liverwurst. Hilda, thank you for being here today. I really appreciate you taking time before you head out to your home base um, to podcast with us today. It is my pleasure. I love it. Rebel and be well. Yes, Great you got theme. it. You got it. Thank you. And it's really fun to interview you because we just spent this weekend together at the retreat, the Fire and Ice retreat, of which I think you're an OG. Like you've been <laughs> at all of them. So yeah, thank you for making sure you didn't miss this one. Um, but the things I really want to talk to you about, there's so many different avenues we could go because you have a wealth of expertise in so many arenas from I love that word experiential anthropologist to being a podcast coach to being a ancestral health advocate um, there's so many things we could talk about but I really want to pick your brain on how individuals who have lives that take them on the road you know plane train automobile but they're on the go a lot and how you've been able to stay so healthy and well amongst all of your travels around the world. So that's what I really hope to share with everyone today. So thank you for letting me pick your brain. Oh, my pleasure. Well, life has all these opportunities mm -hmm. that ancient people didn't have. So yes. we can fly across the country. It used to take them days, if not, you know, weeks, months, you know, to yeah. travel anywhere. So I like to avail myself of all that's available in modernity. But I know that there are clues from our ancestors for how to manage stressors. Mm -hmm. And so one thing I do, for example, wherever I travel, especially if I'm hopping time zones, mm -hmm. is I ground as soon as possible once I land. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. I literally put my feet on the ground mm -hmm. because the Earth's energy from that locale mm -hmm. is particular to that place. Mm -hmm. Getting my eyes facing the sun also informs me about what time of day it is, where I'm at. Mm -hmm. So I try to kind of harmonize my body systems and sync them with where my new location is. Yeah. Um, traveling is hard on the body and I have some hacks I can share about what I do before I go and when I'm in the air. But the first thing I do when I land is literally to get grounded. Yeah. Okay. So I know you took this amazing adventure to Mongolia and we're going to share some pictures of that. And I love your hat, which is also from Mongolia and yes. your boots. I don't know if I you know. can show those, but they're so, those. they're <laughs> phenomenal. So you're saying... You traveled from, I think, the East Coast to Mongolia, which was how long of a travel? Oh my gosh. It was over 18 hours because okay. first I flew to Turkey yeah. and then there's maybe a little layover there. Then I flew to Ulaanbaatar. And then after that, we flew to Western Mongolia. Yeah. So there were a lot of flights involved, a lot of time zone changes yeah. and you know, oxidative stress on the body. Right. There's also just when you're up in the air, and I didn't used to know this, you are getting exposed to atmospheric radiation because our bodies, we don't have wings. You know, mm -hmm. We weren't really meant to fly. So uh, there's stuff up there that is harmful to the body. And so we need to kind of harmonize or mitigate the damage it can do on us. Right. I mean, most people know the basics like stay hydrated, yeah. right? Yeah. That um, there is some kind of stress and electrification going on, for lack of a better word, that is drying us up. Yeah. Okay, so we'll stay hydrated, but what else can we do? Yeah. So uh, one thing I do, I actually supplement with magnesium. Mm. It is an almost anti-stress mm -hmm. supplement. Mm -hmm. I usually take magnesium on the daily because it just helps my body's, you know, digestive system and the whole shebang. It's just a wonderful nutrient that we don't get enough of in most of our diets. Yeah. But it really helps my body um, manage the stress of flying. I do think it helps me get into that also parasympathetic mode. You know, our body is either in fight or flight, and when you're flying, you're kind of anxious. You get there to the ticket counter. Did I check in? Where's the bag tag? You know, mm -hmm. do I have my passport? All the mm -hmm. things. That can really up your stress levels. We want to kind of get it down. Right. And you and I have 
both talked about the benefits of breath work, for example, mm -hmm. too. So before taking off, maybe do some calming, four, seven, eight breathing, where you inhale for four, mm -hmm. you hold for seven, you exhale for eight. Just do a few rounds of that. And the people near you might think you're an anxious flyer, but you know yeah, yeah. that you're really just trying to get into that mode, right? Yeah, trying to calm um, your body. So yeah, so yeah. that, the okay, magnesium. So hydration, magnesium, a little breath work before you take off mm -hmm. or get stressed mid-flight. Mm -hmm. Is there anything you do when you have layovers? So like you mentioned, you know, city to city to city. Yes. When you're stopping and you have a layover, yes. what do you do to you know, kind of put yourself like back on track before you get on the next flight? Right, well, I move. Okay. Because it's awkward on the plane, let's face it. You know, if yeah. you're in the middle seat or next to the window, you don't want to disturb the other people. But I move on the plane, but then when I'm off it, the last thing I'm going to do yeah. is sit down yeah. because you're already seated for so long. You know, the blood can pull and right. form clots. I do wear, you know, compression socks to help me on yep. the flight. But in between, I just move. Yeah. I move. And if I can, of course, I get outside yeah. because... Again, the sun helps sink our bodies to a time zone. But if you can't get out because you have to go through security again, mm -hmm. you know, just move, um, do things that are calming. Maybe listen to some music that yeah. can kind of bring you into a really more restful space. I like to read. Also, when I'm on the plane itself, I'm not, I work some because I like to write and read, but I'm not on Wi-Fi. You know, right. I'm not trying to get more um, busyness, if yeah. you will. I'm trying yeah. to just relax a little bit. Sure, sure. So Knowing as much as possible. The travel is stressful. It Try is not to stressful. stress yourself off. It is. Stress yourself in between all of that. Exactly. Yeah. But that's what I do bef in between flights, but I also, before a flight, I move as well. Everyone's yeah. seated. If you look around in the airport, most people are seated and they're on their devices. I prefer to mm -hmm. get active, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. keep the blood pumping and yeah. enjoy the movement while I can. Because when we get on, we're kind of stationary yeah. for most of the, the yeah. flight. We are bombarded by atmospheric radiation, but also now the radiation from people's phones, yeah. on top of the fact that the plane is pinging communication signals to, mm -hmm. to the nearby towers. And so there's just a lot going on there. So on the plane, there are two things I do to mitigate those non-native electromagnetic frequencies mm -hmm. that are all mm -hmm. around me. Mm -hmm. One is I wear anti-EMF clothing, mm -hmm. a protective clothing. And that might sound like a tinfoil hat to some of you, right. but it really is something that is protecting my body against the waves of radiation all around me. I actually have these on my website because I believe in this so much. I used to just get from, I think there's a company, lessemf.com, that people yeah. can check out. Yeah. There's also Lambs. Okay. There are people that are making this clothing that literally has a silver lining. Yeah. They use metallic thread to protect you. Mm -hmm. So I've designed some with my friend Thaddeus Owen. Mm -hmm. And so it's just a little hoodie. It looks like a normal hoodie. Right. But it has some protective cloth so that if you took a meter and you would see it, kind of getting in the red range of how much radiation you're exposed to, even in the airport waiting area at the gate. Mm -hmm. And then you put the little device underneath the hoodie and it suddenly comes down to the green zone, a safer mm -hmm. zone. So I love this. this. This gives me peace of mind and helps my body be protected somewhat, at least, mm -hmm. from that bombardment of radiation. So that's one thing I do is I wear that. When Thaddeus was on the podcast uh, a few weeks ago, he talked a lot about blue blockers. So do you wear those uh, on yes. the Yes, yeah. I do wear daytime blue blockers or... If I know where I'm going, it's going to be morning, and it's still morning where I'm at right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I imitate darkness by putting on oh, lenses, yeah. glasses okay. that block the blue light. Uh -huh. uh, because at night, our ancestors would only have seen firelight. Right. And nowadays, with all our screens and, you know... TV shows you can watch whether you're on a plane or not, like it interferes with a melatonin production and release. Mm -hmm. So I definitely wear blue blocking glasses. So that's a really important way to help international travelers yes. go through all of those time zones without having that like 24 hours of just trying to recover once you land and losing that day. I've hardly that's had a jet lag. So you try and kind of trick your circadian rhythm mm -hmm. into being where your destination's time zone is going to exactly. be with the blue blockers. Once I change my watch, too, I don't look back. I don't think, yeah. well, really, it's 4 a.m. back home. You know, that's yeah. just... Uh, so it's a little mind trick, too, to yep. just get into the new zone as soon as possible. The other thing I do that helps me overall is I fly fasted as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Because okay. 
I believe that melatonin not only is the sleep hormone, which is how we associate it, but it also helps oversee digestion. Mm -hmm. So if you eat, it's going to put its energy toward that mm -hmm. and won't let you rest as well or as easily. So what okay. I do is I fly fasted. I feel like there's enough stress going on in my body in the plane yeah. that I don't want to have to put my energy one more place. Okay. So I'll just drink you know, tea yeah. or bone broth. Yeah. And maybe if I have a very extensive flight, like going to Mongolia, right. I'll have a soup. But, you know, something that's easier for my body to manage than, you know, a steak and eggs or something. Right, right. You know, and you bring up a good point. Can, can we kind of go back to the basics? For those that aren't familiar with ancestral living, can you just explain a little bit more about what that means? Like, what does a day look like for you as someone who, who lives an ancestral lifestyle? Okay. Number one, I start with sunrise before screen rise. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and maybe for some of you, you're like, that makes sense. I get outside first thing, too. Most people roll over and grab their phone, see if yeah. they have any alerts, any texts, any emails, or just start scrolling on social media. Yeah. I prefer to do it as our ancestors did. They would get up and get moving yeah. and milk the yaks like they did in Mongolia where right. I was at, or uh, go fetch water or get some wood for the wood-burning stove. So... We don't have the same demands. We yeah. can scroll on our phones as long as we want, but it's so um, mood-boosting. It mm -hmm. sinks your circadian rhythm, and I know I've said that a few times, but basically it lets you sleep more profoundly, mm -hmm. be more alert during the day. Your metabolism actually gets revved. Your mitochondria receives information from the sun that gives you energy. Like, I just find this so amazing, and I know of people who have literally lost weight mm -hmm. simply by adopting this habit of sunrise before screen rise. Mm. I get outside within 30 to 45 minutes mm. of the sunrise, mm. which used to sound absurdly mm. early to me, mm -hmm. but my body within two weeks adopted this new habit and loved it. I would just yeah. go to bed earlier. Yeah. And guess what? For night owls, hello, I'm a recovering night owl. Yeah. I mean, I used to stay up late at night. Once my kids were in bed, I would start to do laundry or answer emails or whatever. I thought, oh my gosh, I'm so superhuman. I'm getting things done while other people are sleeping. But now I know that all the work I did at night, I can just as easily do in the morning and actually with more energy mm. and I'm less likely to make mistakes mm -hmm. or do things mm -hmm. fatigued. I'm not running through the day wishing I had a cup of coffee. I don't need that, you yeah. know, because the sun is literally nourishing me. This is one thing I've learned over the years that the sun is like a, the best multivitamin ever. Yeah. And this is what our ancestors may have known as well. Yeah. I follow the work of the Weston Price Foundation, the people I make the podcast mm -hmm. for, mm -hmm. um, and their work is based on the studies of a dentist and researcher from the 1930s who traveled the whole world trying to find the healthiest people. Mm -hmm. They were definitely eating a particular diet, which I can get to later, but they yeah. were also outdoors most of the time. Yeah. And now we're inside most of the time, so we're really missing a key ingredient, not over for our energy, mm -hmm. but for our sense of well-being. Just being in nature lowers your cortisol or stress hormones in a magnificent way. So you can live a healthier, happier life. Yeah. So that's step number one. And I wanted to make one little comment on your step number one because that's so important. And I mean, I'm guilty of doing that. So I know it's, <laughs> it's something I have to be mindful of to be like, don't pick up your phone. Mm -hmm. um, but your cortisol is, for most humans, almost all humans, your cortisol rises in the morning. It's at its peak in the morning. And cortisol is your stress hormone. But it naturally does that because it's meant to wake you up. Yes. So then from that point on, what we do will either keep it elevated or allow it to come down as it's meant to. Mm -hmm. And so for most of us, our phones are kind of a trigger of work, right? Of demands, of asks. And so when that's the first thing we grab, as our cortisol is already at its highest peak, and then we just keep like yeah, right. Keeping raise, you know, keep raising it, or um, you know, don't have any opportunities to bring it down. It keeps us on this like high cortisol track for the rest of the day. That's what kind of sets us. Yes, and then that doesn't make for a very low stress day. Not at all. Yeah. yeah sorry. Okay. So that was one. Well, yeah. Yeah. And I think the next thing would be movement. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, I walk my dog. It's easy if you have a dog. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but if you don't, again, our ancestors would be doing chores. Movement was part and parcel of their daily life. Right. We have to be more intentional than that because most of us have sedentary occupations. Right. So even take movement and sun breaks, you can combine this. What I like to do is stack my hacks. Yeah. So I get the early morning sun. I walk my dog. You know, I'm grounding. I do as many things as possible to live more ancestrally to at least set the tone for my day. Mm -hmm. And then throughout the day, I'll catch a sun break or a movement break. Right. And then at the end of the day, again, speaking to the light and the circadian rhythm, I 
tone down my screens. I have a little hack. I think I've put it on my Holistic Hilda Instagram account where you can turn your cell phone red yeah. so that you're not getting the blue light in your eyes because the blue light is stimulating. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it's, you know, kind of waking you up, making you more alert. Like you yeah. said, lifting up that cortisol. And we want to wind down at the end of the day. So there's a reason people used to curl up with a good book and read, but now it's like, oh, let's watch something on a screen. And we're not realizing the damage that's occurring because of that blue light. So I have good light hygiene in the morning and at night, mm -hmm. um, especially. I include movement. And then I eat food that nourishes. Mm -hmm. And so I have a story to say right now. So yeah. I used to teach exercise classes several times a week. Now I travel too much to do that, but I keep moving, of course, which is great. But I would be in the middle of a workout with people and yeah. I would literally feel my blood sugar dip. I would start to get shaky and sweaty, not because I was working so hard, but because I was, you know, needing yeah. some glucose, suddenly yeah. feeling like, oh my gosh. So I did not know that what my diet was was affecting this mm, kind of blood roller sugar coaster. roller coaster I was on. Absolutely. I thought, I guess I'm just one of those people I need to eat frequently. So in the middle of my workout, I would grab a power bar mm -hmm. or, you know, a kind bar or whatever to keep going. And then, thanks to the Weston Price Foundation, I realized, oh, if I nourish myself more like my ancestors, meaning you know, fewer processed foods and more real foods, protein and fat especially, I could not only be strong throughout my workout and not need to grab something, yep. but I could sail through my day. I was like, what? I can fast and I can intermittent fast and use that as a tool for managing my blood sugar right. and my strength and, I mean, my metabolic flexibility. I was like blown away because, again, yep. I was one of those people. I was like, oh, graze, graze, graze. But my, my breakfast, when I would have those blood sugar dips, right. used to be cereal, maybe with some 2% milk and a few berries that had nothing in it yeah. to really sustain me. Yeah. And when I switched to like bacon and eggs or full fat yogurt, like I could just soar. Mm -hmm. I'm, it's like night and day. So eating nutrient dense foods, getting kind of the biggest bang for your buck mm -hmm. is the way to, um, not only manage your blood sugar and avoid those spikes and those dips, but to feel strong and hale and hearty as our ancestors did. Yeah, yeah, that's a beautiful answer. And gosh, I can't tell you how many different people when I worked in the diabetes world, you know, would come in and their breakfast would often be this big bowl of oatmeal with lots of berries and milk. And they're like, this is a wonderful breakfast. And I'm like, you know, it tastes really good <laughs> and it's a really good occasional treat, Yeah. but it is a really tough way to start, um, off your, you know, day in, from a metabolic standpoint, because you're just like, boom, making your pancreas and your liver work super hard yes. with that kind of, um, carb heavy and no protein, no fat kind of diet. So having I mean, diet is huge around energy. And I'm just sitting here with you and I'm like, you have a ton of energy, right? It like exudes. <laughs> I even watch you um, on Instagram or anytime we're, you know, together. I'm always like, gosh, Hilda has like more energy than anybody I know, which I'm sure is just part of your design, right? I think it's so. in your DNA. <laughs> but clearly the lifestyle lifestyle you're living also allows you to maintain that energy. Um, and you are on the go a lot. And I find like when I travel internationally, I have to still really work on what I can do so I don't have like 24 hours of like, oh, you know, missing this day because I'm not feeling great. Mm -hmm. And so a couple of those hacks that you even shared, you know, are just huge to try and to try and overcome that. Yes. So, and then what do you find? Like, it's so interesting. Some of the destinations you go to are probably where people live simpler, more ancestral lifestyles. So is that kind of like a time warp and you go from the U.S. where we're all like, go, 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 um, constantly you know, inundating ourselves with kind of the modern way of life. And then you go to these places where life is really different. Like, how is that transition for you from one area of the globe to the other? That's a great question. I guess it is good that it's not instantaneous so far. We don't have that, you yeah. know, <laughs> that's quick transport. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so I have time to get in the right mindset, but I find it is so um, beautiful and mindful. I... Even as my speech is slowing down, it's yeah. because that's how I feel when I'm in these places in Mongolia mm -hmm. or in Kenya. I'm kind of brought back to the beauty of this kind of connection. Mm -hmm. um, people matter, and it's not about checking things off your to-do list. Mm -hmm. I'll never forget when I went to the Dominican Republic one time, and I was meeting with this woman in her home, and we literally sat on her very modest porch in rocking chairs, and we weren't even talking, and I was like, at this we're not doing anything mm. like you know when people come to town you're like let me show you this place or let me take mm. you to this restaurant we weren't doing anything and it was beautiful yeah and so 
I do want to say that this is um, an ancestral health way is to be mm-hmm. and to be present. Mm-hmm. You know, we become sometimes human doings mm-hmm. instead of human beings. This happens to me. It happens to all of us where we think, okay, I got the oil change and I've got to go pick up my daughter from basketball. And, right. you know, there's all these things. Okay, those things have to happen. But can we do them in such a way that it doesn't drain us, but rather it can be life-giving if we're, we've got the presence of mind to breathe along the way, to do things that bring us energy, whether it's stopping during the basketball game to go outside and look at the sun or to just think, oh, I'm here for my daughter. You know, there's, there's something, you can do the same exact thing, but it, feels differently when your heart is in a different Mm -hmm, space. mm -hmm. And so, yeah, one of the secrets I've learned, I think, is to be present. And when I was in Australia, I was talking to this beautiful Aboriginal woman, and she said, we have a custom here, and it's called Dadiri, Mm -hmm. and it's a custom of deep listening. Mm -hmm. And I was like, like, I don't know when the last time was I stopped, you know? So it... Mm -hmm. Of course, you know, I'm a Christian person. The Bible says, be still and know that I'm God. But maybe he said that because we're so busy running around. We can't even know where is God? Who is God? What's going on here? Who am I? We lose our sense of self. So I do think it's really important to be still. And when I was in Mongolia, I felt like I got that message again. I met this 88-year-old grandmother. She was so beautiful. She had like six kids and 40 grandchildren and she took the time to connect with me, to offer me mm-hmm. the curds, the food that they eat there. And and when I asked her a few questions about kind of the secret to her life, she said, family is everything. Mm-hmm. And I was blown away, you know, again, mm-hmm. in our modern U.S. lifestyle, you know, we live here, our parents mm-hmm. are, you know, 200 miles away, and it's just, we're so divided up. We can... Again, be intentional, just like with movement, though, about building our family, building right. our community, finding right. people around us that we can connect with and touch because this is so important. Yeah. So, yeah, spirit and being and being present and mindful mm-hmm. can make the difference. Throughout the travels, too, I'm journaling. I'm, I'm getting in a new mindset and remembering who I am. I think that helps mm-hmm. wherever I go. That's such a beautiful gift that you've been able to just take in and sit with mm-hmm. and absorb. And I think that is one of the beautiful things about traveling to other countries. And interestingly enough, and I'm curious if you've noticed this, and please know I'm not saying this with any dismissiveness around the hardships around third world countries, because the hardships that you see when you travel to third world countries are like heartbreaking mm-hmm. sometimes. But then I've also found that there's like this beautiful, great joy within those communities often that I do not see, at least in the U.S. And I'm always amazed at the community um, that is present and the people that gather around each other. That always catches my attention. Um, Faith seems to be very important. That seems to be center. But then I was just in Mexico a few weeks ago in a really tiny little town called Chicala, a little surfing kind of fishing village. couple hours outside of Puerto Vallarta and it caught my attention again how much time people there just spend being and I'm like oh that is so beautiful like, teach me how to do that because I you settle into it when you travel right but it is such a stark difference in lifestyles and I'm like 100%. we think we're so ahead <laughs> I'm like are we actually really behind I don't know what you would say about that like the U.S. wants to think we have so much figured out and we're yeah. so far advanced and relatively speaking, I get where we say why we say that, but are we? Yeah. What would you say? Oh my gosh! Well, I think one thing we need to do is remember that um, we own our devices; they shouldn't own us. Mm-hmm. Technology needs to be our servant. Mm-hmm. And when you were talking about how happy people seem I'm, in France, the people were walking down the street; they were smiling. There weren't people, tons of people, trying to record the moment. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you heard this, but Adele was giving a concert recently, and she asked everyone to put their phones down. Mm-hmm. And some people were offended, mm-hmm. but she's like, "I want you to be here. Yes. You're here." And they were taking it in like this. Yeah. So this is a challenge for me because I am a content creator. I want yep. to communicate and show what I've experienced. But I know there are times where I'm like, "I'm not bringing my phone on this yeah. camel ride or whatever." is I'm just gonna remember this moment and hold on to the fur I'm literally remembering in Mongolia and I was holding on to the fur and I was with this man in his traditional clothing these long luxurious silk robes and I was like oh my gosh now if I had taken a picture I would have thought okay well that captured it and I wouldn't have experienced it do you know what I mean I know 100% so I think we need to come back to that and the other thing I think of is there is 
a tale that people have told of different cultures, indigenous people groups who've said, don't take my picture because you'll take my soul. Mm. And now I know mm -hmm. what they're referring to, mm -hmm. that these things can literally suck our souls in, even the people who are taking it. Mm -hmm. You know, you're taking something from that person. By the way, I wouldn't just take a, an image without mm -hmm. asking. Mm -hmm. But you're also missing the moment, and maybe that's part of what they were getting at. Right. I don't want you to hold on to me that way. Hold on to me this way. Aww, that's it's so different, beautiful. right? It's very different. We'll return to Rebel and Be Well in just a moment, but first a few words about our sponsors. I want to say a special thank you to everyone at Self-Esteem Brands. We are grateful for the recording space and support you have provided to our podcast platform and team. You can find more information about Self-Esteem Brands in the show notes. We appreciate and savor every sip of Dry Farm Wines during our podcast conversations and every event at the Point Retreats. To find out more about Dry Farm Wines, find their link in our show notes. Thank you Paddle North for being our preferred Minnesota-based brand and company. We honor every memorable paddle. To find out more information about Paddle North, find their link in our show notes. The Point Retreats and Rentals is situated roughly 30 minutes outside Brainerd, Minnesota. The property's private peninsula boasts over 1,500 feet of stunning shoreline spanning three lakes on the pristine whitefish chain of lakes. Whether you need time to renew, reset, or reconnect, we have a space that can host your family, group, or team. Click on the show notes to find out more about the Point Retreats and the Point Rentals. Like, I love all the travels I'm doing. I think it's ma magnificent. I'm going to Papua New Guinea later this year. Like, I just, I cannot wait. Yeah. I'm, I've got that wanderlust, you know, yeah. for, for experiences. But there's also something beautiful right in your backyard, everywhere we are. Yeah. You know, um... I did find online recently, a friend of mine said, you know, at, I was at my daughter's basketball game, actually, mm -hmm. and I know you're going to your daughter's yep, suit. Yep. Um, and he said, my phone died. So I was just sitting there and um, she kept making eye contact with me as she was playing or, or practicing, you know, and he realized how many times has she tried to connect with me yeah. and I've been distracted. Mm -hmm. And of course we see this all the time, right? Yeah. Where a kid wants to play with their parent yeah. and the parent's like, just a second, honey. Now maybe they're checking when their flight is taking off, but maybe they're just engaged yeah. or entertained, which actually means being being held onto mm -hmm. by these devices. So mm -hmm. I think the reason you feel that there's something very special in these cultures and these developing countries, it's because they're not as attached yeah. um, and unnaturally attached to their devices. I think that's one of the secrets. They can actually connect yeah. with one another and with higher powers. Yeah. So maybe another travel hack when, would be just to take a half a day and just not be with your phone and yep. just see the place where you are sit with it, watch, observe, journal, yes. you know, draw, something totally different than what we're used to doing Yes, uh, by means of our phone. Like Lewis and Clark did, you know, they're probably yeah. writing everything down and yeah. of course they needed a, a native guide for help. You know? Right, right. Um, but it's a beautiful thing to process differently and yeah. be differently. So what would you say if, if you had someone coming to you who travels a lot, they said, Hilda, I just am not feeling great along my travels. And I know you've already shared kind of your core things. What would be the number one thing you would say, start here? Like if someone wants to start to travel better with less impact, keeping their health as steady as possible, what would be like the one thing that you'd say, start here? Oh, because I have two. Okay, two. <laughs> do, you can do two. Yeah. All right. Well, this is going to sound crazy, especially after all we went through in 2020 and so forth. But I bought yeah. a coconut carbon filter mask yeah. from a group. I think they were called a... Breathe here or breathe now, anyway, or I can breathe. I can breathe.com. Okay. And I just looked so weird because nobody was wearing masks at that time. Yeah. And I flew with this baby. Why? Because when I would fly, I'd always feel a little off. Mm -hmm. uh, Krista, I would feel like, why do I have a headache? Why do I feel a little nauseous? This is weird. You know, yeah. I would try to eat it away or eat as soon as I landed or whatever it was. I couldn't figure it out. Right. And then I learned that there is not only is the air in the cabin circulated over and over again, yep. but there's a thing called jet fuel blue lead where some of the uh, off-gassing from the fuel of the plane is getting yeah. into the cabin. Okay. And I think that's what was making me feel bad. I've smelled that. So yeah. I literally yeah. wear this mask. And you get in airports and you're like, this smells bad, right? Yeah. You know it sometimes yeah. instinctively. So I have this little coconut carbon filter mask that I wear. Sometimes in the airport, sometimes I wait till we take off. But I get off and I feel 100%. Hmm. It is a game changer. Yeah. Now, I don't feel as weird as I used to because some people just wear masks all the time now, which is, right. you know, so I kind of fit in. But it's not even about 
about that, I tell people I'm wearing this for me because yeah. I feel better with it. So yeah. that's one thing that's kind of important. And the other thing I neglected to mention is to lower inflammation. Mm -hmm. When you land, I mean, take a cold shower, do mm -hmm. something. You know, we're big on the shivers mm -hmm. at yeah. fire and ice retreats and at the point. There is something that's really, really good for the body. You know, athletes after a game yep. will get in an ice bath to bring their inflammation down. Right. Um, but the ice and the cold does a lot more than that. You yeah. know, it builds your resilience. It, it, it kind of exhilarates you, boosts your mood. It lengthens your telomeres. It does all these things. So I'm a Latina. Yeah. And I do the cold plunge and the cold shower thing because I know the benefits thereof. Yeah. And if you're like, I am not ready for a cold shower, that's okay. Like, fill the bathtub with water that's a little cooler than yeah. usual. You yeah. know, do something to kind of get into that, again, resting mode. And I think that would be my number yeah. one hack, actually. The Well... Two, the yeah. mask and the cold. And the cold. So if you get to your destination, you're like, oh, I'm just struggling. Take a cold shower. Take a 30-second yes. cold shower. And have maybe a, a broth, some kind mm -hmm. of something that makes you feel nurtured, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily a Starbucks coffee or anything. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> those are actually, those are really good health hacks. And I can attest to the fact, I mean, we just spent a weekend, you know, immersing ourselves in the cold, right, and, and embracing it for all of its health benefits. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them are mental well-being. They're certainly physical to reducing inflammation, but... That endorphin release, that dopamine high, yeah. you get that when you expose yourself to cold. And yeah. that can be enough to probably pull you out of that travel time zone um, jet lag hump. And being cool before you go to bed, that really yeah. helps you too. It helps yeah. you kind of yeah. sleep rest better. And adjust. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I think your body temperature, like you should sleep in probably, I want to say like 60... Somewhere between 60 and 65 yeah. is ideal Fahrenheit. Yeah, I like to sleep with the window open. Yeah. And this is the thing, you guys. There are all these, like, modern hacks. Like, you can get a chili pad to sleep on or, mm -hmm. you know... People do things to hack their environment, and that's great, but there are also simple things you can do. Right, right. Like opening the window in the winter when you sleep, you know, just yeah. to crack. <laughs> Doesn't all have to have a big costume. Usually no. you can't carry things like a chili pad with you when you travel. So nope. just open your window, take a quick cold shower, wake yourself up a little bit, reset yourself. Yes, yes. And go. Okay, and I'm so excited because you have agreed to try something that I think is so beneficial. And as you travel, I'm really excited to see what you find as you go into all of these different lifestyles and cultures. But then as you test traveling a little bit in regards to your metabolic health, because mm -hmm. both of us know metabolic health, as we have learned and continue to learn is really kind of the foundation of many components of health and is a big driver to or from disease, right? Yeah. So if we can all learn what kind of triggers our blood sugars um, to stay within range, um, what happens when they go high and how we might be able to get it down and mitigate it, or if we have lows, you know, how mm -hmm. we can avert those. So I'm excited you've agreed to put on a continuous glucose monitor yes. um, and try it as you're traveling. Because you're going to have on a plane too. right after this. I know, I know. Yeah. I'm excited. Like I said, I feel like with dietary and lifestyle changes I went from this to yeah. this yeah but I still think data and modernity can be beneficial so I'm eager to see what I can learn about this yeah. and what I can maybe tweak about you know understanding what my stressors are and what's yeah. giving me those those spikes and those lows yep. yeah yep. and everybody's different and I always what I like to tell people is don't panic you know if you as long as you aren't someone who has type 1 or type 2 diabetes if you have a high or a low it's just an opportunity for you to learn when you wear a CGM usually you're going to find something in there that's of interest yeah. and that just gives you the opportunity to go what could I do different so I'd mentioned to you we had a retreat at the point um, with Dr. Ben House and he brought in like some of the top people in the exercise physiology space, right? And in the fitness space. And you would look at this group and you'd be like, oh, they're never going to have like any bumps in their mm -hmm. glucose. They're going to be just fine. Um, and all of, I'd say about half of them had a significant spike um, in when they traveled home to their various destinations. And that doesn't mean that it's necessarily problematic, but if you're someone who travels a lot and then you're constantly having those spikes, it's really um, important that you find ways to mitigate them or have those highs come down as quick as possible by doing some interventions, like getting in your airplane seat and like, I just got to take a breath or two here yes. or getting off the plane and grounding or having some protein for breakfast. But this will give you a little cue. And, and I mean, I could go on and on with interesting stories, but I'm going to mention <laughs> this other one and I keep names private um, for HIPAA reasons, but 
we both have been to the conference Paleo FX um, mm-hmm. in Austin, Texas, and there is a uh, really well-known functional medicine doc that was down there who's written some books on gut microbiome and all th- kinds of you know diet and lifestyle. And he wore a CGM down there for the first time, and what he found was it was actually sushi. He would eat sushi once a day, and every single time it would raise his blood sugar. And he's like, I would have never in a million years guessed that. Mm-hmm. And so for him, it it doesn't mean he can never eat sushi again, but he had to try and manipulate that a little bit. Like instead of white rice and a sushi, could he do brown rice? Um, instead of eating it every day, could you maybe only eat it like once or twice a week? Or could you skip the rice? Or could you add more protein? Or for him, what it was is if he was going to eat sushi, if he took a half hour walk after eating it, then he was fine. Fascinating. So just finding little ways that yes. you can continue to kind of mitigate and hack, right? Your yeah. blood sugars. And I which think... Travel is a big disruptor, typically. Yeah, I'll be eager to see how this yeah. affects that. Yeah. I was just thinking about my friends in Mongolia and some of these people who live, talk about off-grid. You know, like they are miles and miles. I think Mongolia is the most sparsely populated country in the world. Really? Like 80 to 90% of the population lives in the capital, Ulaanbaatar. So okay. you could go for miles and miles and miles and there's no one. Yeah. But what I wanted to mention is their diet is what they have. And what do they have? Animals. Mm-hmm. So they mostly eat meat and fat mm-hmm. and dairy products from the animals. That's it. Yeah. And so I was really feeling like, without measuring, like I was in ketosis, you know, I was yeah. like, hey, I'm feeling really good and strong. Right. But back home, I can eat whatever I like. I try to eat seasonally and locally. But I'll be curious yeah. to see what yeah. variations yeah. show up here as affecting my blood glucose levels. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I know you have a lot of adventures ahead. Yeah. And you have a couple. You're going to test them. Uh, maybe some uh, domestic travel, and then yeah. you said you're going to pop Papua New Guinea. Yes. Which is like amazing. Uh, crazy. What are you doing there? Can I ask? Um, I'm going to go visit some indigenous people and okay. just learn from them yeah. and see what yeah. their lifestyle is like. I feel like. How can I put this? Some people say science is catching up to ancestral wisdom, Mm. you know? And so I feel like, let me go explore and see what ancient health ways we can apply wherever we are. Like this thing about sunshine, girl, I was a fitness professional teaching exercise classes so many days a week. And if I spent 15 minutes outside at most a day, that's what I was doing. I I mean, I had no idea what nature and sunshine and the ground could do for me. So I want to revisit and rediscover Mm -hmm. what are, what hacks are benefiting these people so we can incorporate them in our daily lives. That's what I'm about. So yeah, Yeah. I'm going to find some remote people and hope they don't cut my head off because honestly, (laughs) there are tribes there that do that. I'm not trying to be disparaging, but there are tribes with a history of cannibalism. So wish me well. (laughs) I wish you very well. I'm pretty sure you're going to be okay, Okay, but I I actually did know that about when I think of Papa New Guinea, that right? is kind of where my head goes, knowing that that's part of their history. So, yeah, yes, they won't wild. do that with your pretty hat. Though. I know, my yeah. fur hat. Yeah. But it's hot there, so I probably won't wear you this You probably here. won't wear that. Okay. There, but yeah. Yeah. Okay, so are you ready to get your continuous glucose monitor on? I can't believe I'm doing okay. this because I'm usually not like a hacker girl. But look at this. Like, I have learned that I benefit from the data of the Oura Ring, you know. Mm-hmm. So I was like, mm-hmm. this helps me see how my sleep scores are, what's affecting my sleep. So I know this yeah. will be a tool in the same way. Yeah. And you know what? Hit this, me up. I will hit you up. <laughs> but there's a lot that continues to evolve around um, the way that we can obtain data and the data that we can get. And uh, like everything, right? It's going to keep yes, evolving. But yeah. And this isn't something I would tell most people that you have to wear all the time unless, you know, if you have type 1 or type 2, it's an incredible tool. But if you are trying to prevent diabetes, if you just want to improve metabolic health, even wearing this once or twice a year, one sensor goes for two weeks uh-huh. um, and it gives you data 24-7. So it just helps you do life better, right? Like it helps you be your best self, um, especially from a metabolic standpoint and how your metabolic health is functioning just kind of like trickles down to how everything is functioning in all reality. So in theory, if you're having a lot of spikes or a lot of lows when you're traveling, that also might be impacting how you feel, you know, when you get to your destination. So we'll be curious because I know you are like the master of trying to think of the most creative ways around doing simple things to mitigate, which it doesn't always have to be those really big things, which I actually love that this is kind of a big step for you because (laughs) you bring those simple components of how you can improve health into people's lives. And that means it's accessible to everybody or most. Exactly. And it means that it's something that you can kind of find wherever you go. Right? Mm-hmm. So that's the beauty in it. But so this is going to give you a little bit more information. Okay. So here we go. Okay. So what do you know about these so far? Um, <laughs> or what questions do you have? Let me think. Well, I just know that it gives you data about 
you know, what stressors you're under and kind of what dietary shifts you might need to make. Mm -hmm. um, but other than that, I really don't know much. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm excited. And do you, um, I'm nervous. I wanted to mention, okay, that feel free, like while you're wearing this to test a few things. I always tell people, no, don't go wear this and like do your best two weeks uh, because it doesn't really, unless you live your best two weeks, you know, for all the time, weeks a year, yeah. <laughs> then that's great. But most of us don't. So I always say wear these a few days of being your best self, a few days of your kind of like average day, and then a few days of your Christmas self. Like, uh -huh. you know, be what you would have, like have your pumpkin pie or yeah. whatever that, that sweet is just to see like how big of a deal is that? Yeah, yeah. Um, or what can I maybe do to manipulate it so it doesn't uh, cause any changes in my blood sugar? Can but I'm not going to get a grade like you failed. I'm not no. going <laughs> to. No, you absolutely are not. No, 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 no grades attached. Um, and you mentioned that you were nervous. So I just want to reassure you, I have had nobody cry when I put these in so far. <laughs> Most people nowadays are actually putting these in by themselves. Uh -huh. um, and it honestly feels like a mosquito bite. Oh, okay, okay. So it is pretty easy. Um, but the interesting thing about continuous glucose monitors is... Obviously, they were initially invented for people who have type 2 diabetes, mm -hmm. and unfortunately, they're still sometimes challenging for people to get who have diabetes, but insurance will not cover these if you have prediabetes, and they will not cover them if you have no sign of metabolic disease. Mm -hmm. So one thing that I hope happens in the days ahead is everywhere you go, you could just grab one of these if you feel like you, you know, want to know what your blood sugars are yeah. doing. Instead of waiting until people are sick, sick. Oh, I agree. <laughs> then we give them the information. I'm like, well, why don't we have the information so we don't get sick? There's an idea. There's an idea. <laughs> Did you have an arm preference? I thought this one. Because okay. that's the other thing is. So it goes in the back. It's supposed to kind of stay for a while, right? It is. So yes. can it get wet though or no? Good questions. It can get wet. So showers are fine. Um, if you, like a cold plunge would be okay for yeah. a couple of minutes. You saw a couple of people yeah. have them on yeah. a cold plunge tub. If you were going to submerge in water, I mean, the guidelines say like three feet for more than 10 minutes, they do not recommend. Oh, okay, okay. So just longer swims probably would not be advised. Okay. Interesting traveling. When I started wearing these 10 years ago, it was a big deal. Everyone's like, what in the world is that? And what is she trying to get through security uh, with? But now so many people are wearing these for, you know, whatever reason. And, um, you know, whether they have diabetes or they're just doing a self-study, uh -huh. it won't even cause an issue. Oh, so as you go through security today, I highly doubt anybody will even notice. But if they do, let me know. Oh, that reminds me. One other hack. TSA pre-check. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I don't have to go through the big, you know rigmarole yeah. taking my shoes off and all yeah. those things yeah, it's all nice those things no that is so get nice through quicker that's great advice all right so do you want to see the needle that goes in no no okay all right that's fair I can't handle so it. i will tell you there's a little <laughs> tiny needle but then it comes right back out and there's just a little tiny catheter that's left in your interstitial fluid yeah. that monitors your blood glucose levels 24 7 okay, okay i'm excited right. i mean my friends have done this i yeah. can do it too i'm just you not can gonna do it. it you can do it i got you okay one yeah. two three you're done it's already in what that, that was easy no okay i'm just holding it here so i make sure it has good contact all right, there you go. It's in. Yay. And then the last part of that is we just have you wave your phone. Okay. Okay, so I would do I would do 70 to 150. Like here I would change that. Um, I mean, really you want your blood sugars to be below 140, but give yourself a little wiggle room okay, so it doesn't great. like alarm at you. Perfect. And if it does end up alarming at you a lot, you can change that to go back up. Okay. And it's fine to put this in airplane mode at night. Good. And you're just going to want to then turn it on, you know, and, and scan this at least, you know, once every eight hours. And I would do allow. Let's allow. just do that for right now because that might help us bypass some of the... Okay, so there we oh. go. Now let's try this. So what you'll do, Hilda, is when it's you checking, you know, just yeah. do this. So you can check scan it immediately. Around. Yeah. I mean, you can check as much as you want. What I find a lot of times is people the first couple days are like constantly uh -huh. looking, but it will also give you a graph. Uh -huh. So it's still tracking when you're not scanning. Okay. As long as you do this at least roughly every eight hours so can it be can my phone be on airplane mode during the day or is should it be constantly getting the data yeah you know that's the hard part it, it at least at junctures during the day you'll need to have it on okay yeah for it to be periodically updating uh-huh okay <laughs> so now again in 60 minutes it is going to give you an alert okay and it's going to tell you to scan it one more time so you'll do that yeah, again yeah, yeah. 
and then it will be off and running. Does it, can it scan through clothing? Yep. Yep. Okay, it can. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of just getting that feel and it's usually the top section of your phone. We didn't get to touch on diet as much as I might've liked, yeah. but I will say this, our ancestors ate nose to tail. Yeah. They prized the whole animal. They honored it yeah. and they wasted none of it. Yeah. So they would use the bones for broth. Yeah. They would use the organ meats and they would value and prize those most of all, which to us were like, wait, what liver brain? That's so weird. Right. But if you look at jaguars in the wild, like they will eat the organ meats first and they'll leave the muscle meat for the other animals because right. it's the most nutrient dense. Yeah. So they got the most bang for their buck. So it's hard for our modern palate, at least in the U.S., to get accustomed to some of these stranger tastes, you know, yeah. kind of an umami or uh, some people feel like liver is a little metallic-y tasting. Mm -hmm. So what to do? Well, happily as a kid, my family would make me liverwurst sandwiches yeah. with like mustard and onion, and I loved it. I didn't know why. I just did. Right. And now I feel like while I don't have liver every day, I will have liverwurst quite often because it's so easy. You just put a little mustard on it. Sometimes yeah. it has, you need to read the label, it might have a little dairy products in it. So if you're sensitive to dairy, don't go for it, but just slice it in like little round slices and maybe put a piece of cheese with it on a cracker. It's delicious. It's absolutely delicious. Okay. I'll have to try that. We had a weekend with one of our chefs who's very creative and uses a lot of organ meat. Yes. And so that was a really nice way to just taste test it. Right. Yes. And it's exactly. so interesting how we do become so accustomed to one part of the animal being okay mm -hmm. and familiar mm -hmm. and normal. And then other, you know, outside the box areas like organ meats were like, Oh, I would never eat that. Right. <laughs> like, well, that different? I don't know. But the health, there are a lot of health benefits attributed to eating organ meat. So, mm -hmm. um, and a taste that I'm sure like wherever you grow up and whatever you grow up eating, you just become accustomed to that. Absolutely. So if you can just try things a few times, it can taste different. You know, mm -hmm. Don't try it once. And if you don't like it, be like, I'm never having that again. Don't give up on it. Yeah. yeah. And you can mix it in. I often get ground beef that has organ meats already mixed in, mm -hmm. either from Force of Nature, which is mm -hmm. this ranch down in Texas, or my local farmers will do that too. And I'm like, what a relief. So I'm having a hamburger, which you think is just regular ground beef, mm -hmm. but it's already got some of that extra bonus nutrient in there. Yeah. Which is a clever way to add that in without having maybe a completely different taste palette, mm -hmm. you know? happening. So, okay. So let me ask you now that you have the continuous glucose monitor in, I mentioned, you know, test it a little bit. Yeah. Like don't just always, you know, kind of live your best day because yeah. it's important to see how that unfolds, but it's also important to see how your not best days unfold. Uh -huh. So like, what are some things that come to mind that you might test with your CGM a little mm. bit? Well, it's interesting because uh, the Weston A. Price Foundation that I make the podcast for has these dietary guidelines, like 11 yeah. principles, which I esteem and value, including ferments in the diet, you yeah. know, and uh, eating nose to tail, as I mentioned momentarily ago, and adding salt. Like, I love all that stuff. Yeah. But they also, on the side, mention a couple of other recommendations, like they're not for things with caffeine, so no coffee or chocolate. Yeah. I like chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, is that yeah. because I'm Mexican and cacao is from Mexico? I don't know, yeah. but I do like chocolate. So now and then I'll have a little piece of chocolate or uh, cacao in my raw milk, you know, yeah. so I'm interested to see how that's affected here. Uh -huh. Yeah. Isn't it kind of fun to like have someone be like, you should probably eat chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> you I actually love that. should test that. Plus I think magnesium yeah. is in chocolate. So Ooh, um, yeah. that's one reason sometimes mm -hmm. women tend to crave it because it's like we need more magnesium in our diet. Yeah. But I did want to say this, like I love alliteration, which is why I go by holistic Hilda. Yeah. So if you're trying to think, how can I live ancestrally? Like I love to offer these five tips. So it's sunshine mm -hmm. and shivers mm -hmm. and sustenance mm -hmm. and soil, getting your feet on the ground mm -hmm. and spirit. Mm -hmm. So those little things, sunshine, shivers, sustenance, yeah. soil, and spirit, like just move May take maybe one step in the direction of including more of that in your life, and I think you'll live happier and healthier, like yeah. our ancestors did. That's great advice. And those are all things that you can take with you wherever you go. Exactly. And yep. they're free. Most and of them are free. free. Yep. Yeah. So if people want to follow you as you're traveling and or follow you as you're going to be doing a little, uh, you know, blood glucose testing here and challenging your uh, metabolic health, where can they find you? I'm all over Instagram at Holistic Hilda, and I also have my YouTube channel where yeah. I post little mini shorts or little documentary segments yeah. um, related to the different places I've been. There's so much world to see. And again, I really am big on 
taking this information and making it applicable in the modern world. My yeah. first career was a translator. Mm. So I would take this information in Spanish or French, put it into a target language that right. where it could be accessible and easy to digest. Yeah. That's what I do on Instagram and, of course, on my Holistic Hilda YouTube channel yeah. and on the podcast. It's yeah. lots of fun, and I keep the episodes kind of short. I'm no Joe Rogan. Yeah. So people can just benefit from the information in quick bits. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to watch because I have to make sure you get at Papua New Guinea, okay? Yes, thank <laughs> yes. you. But thank you for sharing all of your wisdom with us. You hold a profound amount of ancestral wisdom, which is no surprise given all the places you've gone to really study this with great mm -hmm. intention. So you haven't done this flippantly. Like you have really immersed yourself and committed yourself to this lifestyle, which I'm always in awe of because life pulls you in so many directions and a lot of them are going to be towards unhealthy choices. Like it's yeah. easier, you know, when you go through an airport, do you not look around and I'm like, how do pilots or, you know, flight attendants ever stay healthy? Cause it's just, so there, you, there's so many opportunities to choose things that are not going to optimize your health. Mm -hmm. You've made a strong commitment, no matter where you are 24 seven to stay in a place of optimizing your health, Absolutely. which is very inspiring. Absolutely. So thank you really? for doing that. Thank yeah. You so much. Oh my goodness. Yes. It's my pleasure. I feel like this is my purpose. And you know, when you're doing what you love, yeah. it doesn't feel like work. It just feels like this is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. So thank yeah. you for having me on Rebel Be Well. I love oh my it. Goodness. Thank you, Hilda. Appreciate you. Appreciate you too. And safe travels home. Thank you. And we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see yeah. what happens. All right. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. I want to say a special thank you to everyone at Self-Esteem Brands, the parent company of Anytime Fitness, Waxing the City, Bar Method, Stronger You Nutrition, and Base Camp Fitness. We are grateful for the recording space and support you have provided to our podcast platform and team. You are a true example of what it means to rebel and be well. You can learn more about self-esteem brands via the link shared in the show notes below. We appreciate and savor every sip of Dry Farm Wines during our podcast conversations and every event at The Point Retreats. As a health and wellness platform, we are grateful to have a pure and unique wine that is free of sugar and additives, grown on small family farms, and brings a bright and soulful and vibrant glass of wine to share with the community we love. Cheers to our Dry Farm Wine friends and family. You can learn more and order your own bottles of Dry Farm Wine by clicking the link provided in the show notes below. That simple and serene moment when we glide across the lake at the Point Retreats on our Paddle North paddleboard is one of the most cherished moments. It's a gift when we and our guests blend into nature and lose track of time and space as we soar across the pristine whitefish chain of lakes. Thank you Paddle North for being our preferred Minnesota-based brand and company. We honor every memorable paddle that brings great clarity and balance. Click on the link provided in the show notes below to see all the incredible lake gear available with Paddle North. The Point Retreats and Rentals is situated roughly 30 minutes outside Brainerd, Minnesota. The property's private peninsula boasts over 1,500 feet of stunning shoreline spanning three lakes on the whitefish chain of lakes. The Point property is owned by two purpose-driven leaders who share a strong desire to lead others to optimal health and well-being. Our team believes in proactive, modern-day health, shifting our mindsets to valuing quality of life in the same capacity as we value quantity of life. We aim for every experience at The Point to enhance and deepen your whole being health by providing many opportunities for well care during your stay. Whether you need time to renew, reset, or reconnect, we have a space that can host your family, group, or team. Click on the show notes below to find out more about the Point Retreats and the Point Rentals. Mm -hmm.